0: And shoes. It's Jesus in the
1: this is the good news station W C N O home city
2: Are you looking for inspiration? Would you like to develop or renew a relationship with God? Let us show you how. Tune in to the Focus on Jesus broadcast on Mondays and Fridays at 1 p.m. Right here on WCNO, the good news station.
1: Remember to focus on Jesus. Jesus is Lord.
2: Again, that number is
3: 772-342-0047. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth Radio Broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Bondgartner takes us on a journey through God's word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8, 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This week, Pastor Jason will be speaking on the love of the Father. So grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you.
1: The big deal for you and I today, some of you need to get your lazy boy out of your pit. You need to move on to the prosperity that God has for you. Get your lazy boy out of the pit. Some of us, we just climbed into the pit, got a lazy boy, put a flat screen TV on there, and say, This is it. It's all I'll ever have. I'm just going to watch HBO. Just living in the pit. Settled for the pit. And God said, no, 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 you need to get your, stop nursing over your wounds, stop messing around with that stuff. Come on up out of the pit and move it to the next thing that I have for you. Listen, I want to announce to you today, you might have had the worst year of your life last year, but that has no bearing on where God wants to take you this year. Matter of fact, God will take the things that you went through last year and he will use them to prosper you for your good if you'll begin to walk with him by faith today. And I promise you this, when we say that I saw the Lord, opportunities for new days will open up to us. He said, I saw the Lord and the glory of his train filled the temple. Mm, I wish somebody just take a few seconds and praise the Lord. Four challenges, and we'll get out of here, all right? Is everybody okay? First one was the challenge of the familiar. Somebody say the familiar. He makes this statement. In the year that King Uzziah dies. Now watch this. There is no written evidence that Uzziah hindered Isaiah's walk with the Lord. There's nothing that says that Isaiah kept Isaiah bogged down where he couldn't be the prophet that he was supposed to be. If you know anything about King Uzziah, he was a king that wasn't supposed to be a king. He started out as a young man, and he was so humbled by the opportunity that God came him to become the king that the Bible says that he turned his heart to the Lord to seek the Lord. And Scripture says that as long as he sought the Lord, the Lord made him prosper. He started out really good. But after he had become successful, pride entered into his heart, and he quit seeking God, and the Bible says that he died a leper. That's a terrible disease for back in Bible times, in case you don't know it. Isaiah the prophet had been a part of his administration. Isaiah the prophet was a big deal in King Uzziah's administration. He was a prophet during the reign, and there was no evidence that the king ever hindered Isaiah's ability to be a prophet. But how many of you know there is overwhelming evidence that Isaiah got comfortable living in the king's presence where he was at? Isaiah got passive as a prophet. In other words, he began to accept the fact that the nation of Israel was in turmoil and it was probably never going to be changed. Things was always going to be like this and I'm just going to try to be the best prophet that I can be. I'm going to try to be the best Christian that I can be. The whole world's going to hell in a handbasket but I'll just keep going to church. And he becomes comfortable with the dysfunction that's going on in the kingdom. How many of you know there's nothing worse than a life that is meant, for greatness, and it just keeps getting hung up in self-sabotage. i tell you, that's one of the things that drives me nuts as a pastor, is to love somebody, pray for them, speak truth into them, and try not to offend them, but see them keep self-destructing season after season after season. It's heartbreaking for me as a pastor when you love people. I mean, most of us in this room, we don't even need a devil. We don't. We have ability to sabotage ourselves. God gives us a brand new job. We get all excited about the brand new job, and, and we get good pay. And then, you know, three weeks later, we're calling in a little bit late. We're showing up late, and then we're getting lazy, and we're getting, calling out sick. And next thing you know, we're complaining about the boss. We're criticizing the boss, and then we get fired. And all of a sudden, they're persecuting me because I'm a Christian. Now, they're giving half-hearted efforts, and then wonder why you get fired and want to blame every boss on the Treasure Coast. The truth is, is that we get very familiar with our dysfunction. We get very familiar with our pattern of life and and the things in our lives that we operate by. And we feel like that's the only way we know how to have interaction or relationship with people is through a dysfunctional way and we get familiar with that. I believe one of the greatest detriments to a believer's life is when they get a spirit of familiarity that comes over them. More people will leave a church when they get familiar with the pastor, when they begin to judge the pastor, when they begin to think they know what's going on in his personal life, you'll know who they are because they start showing up for church late, they start sleeping in church, they start leaving early, they get out of fellowship, and they start complaining, and they start criticizing, and they start judging. And we do this with all kinds of things. We get familiar with the church service. We come in, we walk in the door on Sunday morning, we know exactly what's going to be going on in the service at exactly what time, just about every part of the service. In fact, we know that if we want to miss the song service, all we got to do is show up around 10.30. Well, if I get there at 10.30, I don't have to listen to Justin. I get right there for what I need. And what happens is, is we get so familiar that we lose our sensitivity to what could be happening, to what God wants to be doing in us. What happens on a Sunday morning if the power of God just decides it's going to show up at the very first song? But we get so routine, we think we know what it's gonna happen, and we gotta sing one song, two songs, three songs. Then maybe by the fourth song I can feel the Spirit of God. Because I gotta work myself up. You don't know what it took to get to church. That is a familiar attitude with the things of God. There was a time when you could go in a Pentecostal church and somebody would begin to speak in tongues and a holy hush would come over the congregation. Today in church, somebody can begin to speak in tongues and half the people in the church are just having a conversation. People walking around, people going through the bathroom. While the Spirit of God is being delivered in power. I don't ever take this for granted. We can't afford to take this... For granted. Because the day that we decide that what we're doing here is common is the day that we begin to lose the effects of what it is that God wants to do in this place. Familiarity can kill you spiritually. And Isaiah said, you know what? I was just doing my job in Uzziah's administration going along thinking people were just going to go on to hell. And that was, I was ain't, I'm just going to prophesy and say, hey, you're going to hell. I'm the prophet. That's how it is. Anybody give me a glass of wine? Praise God. I'm just doing my job. And we get familiar with the voices that God puts in our lives. He had gotten familiar with the voices that God put in his life. The nation of Israel had gotten familiar with his voice. How many know there's a big difference between just the people that that preach to me and the people who I know that speak into my life? Hmm? you got to have people that speak into your life. I hope that as your pastor, I am somebody that you're not too familiar with, that I can speak into your life. There are certain people that God has put in my life that I never, ever, ever let their words become familiar to me because I know that God has placed them in my life to speak into my life, to give me guidance, to hold me accountable. Amen? If these people pick up a phone and they call me, I don't treat it like a common phone call. I don't. Because I know they're calling me on the authority of the Holy Spirit to tell me something. If they say, Jason, the Lord said to me. I never treat that like somebody else comes to me and says, Jason, the Lord said to me. So people come to me and say that all the time. Pastor Jason, the Lord said to me. There are people that I never let familiarity come over me in my life. And here's why. If you look back at Mark chapter 6, Jesus was talking about going to his hometown. He goes back to the city of Nazareth. And at this point of his ministry, he's been flowing and the supernatural things are happening. People have been raised from the dead. Blind eyes have been opened. He's got a following of people. And he comes back to Nazareth. And the Bible says they were all excited about him coming until he got there. And when he got there, they went, oh, that's Joseph's boy. He used to play across the street over there in the field. He's supposed to be this big prophet? Oh, that's Mary's boy. We know that family. They ain't never had a lot of money. Who does he think he is? We ain't really impressed with all that. Can I just ask you this morning, was Jesus any less powerful when he went there? Hmm? Was he any less God when he went there? Was he deficient? Of supernatural ability? No. He was Jesus. He was the son of the living God. The Messiah. The soon coming king. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says he could do no mighty miracles. He could do no mighty miracles. And here's what Jesus called familiarity. This is Jesus' definition of familiarity. Because of their unbelief. Because when you get familiar with somebody, you think you know them and you lose your ability to walk in faith for them to be a voice in your life. I don't know if I should tell this story. (laughs) I might have told you this before. Anybody ever been to T.D. Jakes? Anybody ever been to Benny Hinn Crusade? Or Kenneth Copeland Crusade? Or any of these big things where all these thousands and thousands of people go? I went to a Benny Hinn Crusade one time. It was awesome. It was amazing. You ever notice at those meetings that they start like on Thursday? They go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they get you back home in time for church. And people take off work early on Thursday to get down there to the crusade and get home and get ready. And the doors to those meetings open up at 5.30 p.m. So if you're living up here in Fort Pierce, you've got to drive for an hour and a half to get down to Fort Lauderdale or Miami so you can be there when the doors open up at 5.30 p.m. And all of a sudden at 5.30 p.m., there's buses all over the parking lot full of people that are coming to the crusade. The doors open up, and the doors open up, and the craziest thing begins to happen. People run to the front row. I mean, they run. I mean, they just they take off, and, and they're running. And you say, well, why are you running to the front? Because I want to get up front. I want to see what God does. I want to be here and see what God does. I want to see the power. I want to see the miracles. I I want to see the glory of God fall in this place. And they run for the front seats. And then they stand there from 530 to 7 and wait for an hour and a half for the service to start. And most of the time they ain't even sitting they just standing there with expectation in faith, waiting to see what's going to happen, and and, and then all of a sudden there's just a spirit of expectancy that begins to fill the room. And how many of you know about six forty five p.m. Jim comes out and he begins to warm up the organ, and the other guy comes out and begins to play the piano, and then all of a sudden you got two or three thousand people in the choir. They begin to come out and they begin to stack up in their white shirts and their blue ties behind Benny Hinn, and I mean the whole room is beginning to rumble with anticipation. You just feel it. If you've ever been in one of these, you can just feel it. I mean, it's like the whole thing is just reverberating with the power of God. There's so much faith and so much expectation in the building. And, and every, everybody's standing there getting ready for this. And, and then all of a sudden at 7 o'clock, the piano begins to play. And, and, and then all of a sudden, Jim begins to sing. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee. And the choir begins to sing. Then sings my soul. And everybody in the audience is crying crying and saves my soul but every just so you the know, anointing is so thick you couldn't cut it with a knife. And everybody's just there. and Benny walks out between the choir and his he's in his white suit and lift it up, lift it up, lift it up lift up the power of God lift it up in the house and everybody, miracles are starting to take place and people, oh God's here, the power of God and they worship for an hour and a half till 8.30 and nobody sits down the whole time they're worshiping they're praising God, they're weeping people are running in the house people are beginning to stand up out of wheelchairs and begin to walk around and the crusade, the power of God is beginning to descend in the auditorium and all of a sudden at 8.30, Benny comes up and he receives an offering for 30 minutes. And nobody is in there going, he's after my money. He's, uh, everybody's getting their check. Well, oh, I just want to give. I just want, I mean, people are writing checks and the buckets are going by, people putting money in. And then after he does a 30-minute offering, then he preaches for an hour. And everybody's sitting there listening to the word. And when he gets done preaching for an hour, then he prays for people for two and a half hours. And they're lined up and they're coming to the altar by the thousands and thousands and thousands. And people are being healed. And people are getting born again. And Benny's praying for people and they're falling down. Pick them up, Jim. Pick them up. And they're falling back down. Anybody ever see Benny here? And all of a sudden you look at your watch and it's 1230 at night. And you're like, oh my God, I don't want to leave. But the bus has started and the air is on. If you want to get back to Fort Pierce, you got to get on the bus. So you get on the bus and you get home at 2 in the morning and you go to bed full of the power of God. You've witnessed miracles, you've been in the presence, you've seen the power of God. And then you fast forward to Sunday morning. Here you are. It's 10 after 10, honey. Well, you hurry up and you're yelling in the house to the garage. I'm trying to get my makeup on. Well, we're going to be late for church. Well, I'm not going to church without my makeup. So you get in the car. You got the kids in the car and you're looking and you're watching. It's quarter after 10. They've already started and you start blowing the horn. <laughs> and here she comes out the garage. I don't know why you got to act that way. And then all the way, you got to make a 15-minute drive in five minutes so you can get there by 10.20. And all the way, you're back and forth with each other. I don't even know why we bother to go to church. All we do is fight all the time. All you do is run my back. I just want to sleep in the day. I don't know why And you get to church, and you walk in at 10.20, and Justin's still doing music. He must have had five songs today.
2: Huh.
1: You walk up the back row, you look over there on the back third seat from the back. You go, who is that sitting in my seat? Don't they know that's where I sit? Who do they think they are? They must be new. Worship gets done, and you sat through the whole last ten minutes of it. You couldn't stand. And then we get up to receive the offering, and I just don't know about this Pentecostal tithing. On me to tithe, I put $30 in three weeks ago. That ain't enough. And then Pastor Jason gets up to start to preach, and then about quarter till 12, everybody. We got it already. I wish you were like By the time I get to Applebee's, Westside's going to have the place packed out. Come on, somebody, help me, amen? Familiarity. Can I just tell you that the same Holy Ghost at the Benny Hinn Crusade is the same Holy Ghost at Truth Church on Sunday morning. It's the same Holy Ghost that does the same miracles. What the difference is, is we come in here because we're so familiar with the things of God in the service that we don't even respect the God that shows up here. And we don't come expecting God to do things. We come with a predisposed judgment and half-heartedness and don't really want to be here, but we're just showing up because we know it's the right thing to do and we don't want to live with the condemnation through the rest of the week. The only difference is is we let some things become very familiar and we let other things become very full of expectation. Expectation. You want God to move in this church? you got to come expecting. Amen. I'm here to announce to you that if you'll come through these back doors at five minutes or ten minutes till ten with a praise on your lips and thanksgiving in your heart and you enter this place with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise by faith and expectation before Justin can even open his mouth to sing the first song, the anointing of God would be so thick in this place you wouldn't be able to stand at the altar. Because it's the same Holy Ghost, ladies and gentlemen. Huh? Somebody shout familiarity. You know what Joshua did when he got ready to go into the promised land? In Joshua 3, 4, he said this. God told him, he said, I want you to follow the ark, but I want you to leave a space between you and the ark of 200 cubits. And here's why. You have never come this way before. You have never come this way. You cannot come in here expecting you know what's going to happen you got to come in here expecting God to do something. That's how faith operates. Amen. Some of us would do well to quit acting like we know everything. I'm going to try that again. Some of us would do well to quit acting like we know everything. Mm-hmm.
3: And now, we're gonna take a break from the message. We will be rejoining Pastor Jason in just a moment. But first, I wanna take this opportunity to tell you about Truth Church. Truth Church is located in the heart of St. Lucie County at 3891 Edwards Road in Fort Pierce. Our Sunday worship service starts at 10 a.m. Truth Church is a non-denominational Pentecostal church. There's a ministry for the whole family at Truth Church. Whether it's our monthly senior meetings, children's church, or youth group, there's something for everyone. If you're new to the area or you're looking for a home church, we invite you to come and join us. First you will be our guest and then you will be our family. Truth Church, a place for the whole family.
1: It's amazing to me how somebody can be born again for three and a half, four years, five years, six years, and all of a sudden they have become John Wesley. And you can't even teach them anything anymore because they already know it all. Uh, Come on now. He said, Isaiah, if you're going to be the prophet that I want you to be, if you're going to be the prophet that will get up and proclaim the coming of the Lord, if you're going to be the prophet that declares the Messiah will be wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we will be made whole, and that the chastisement of his peace would be upon us, if you would want to be that prophet, if you're going to understand that, if you're going to understand that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Come on, how many of you know that came through the prophet Isaiah after he said, I saw the Lord. If you're ever going to understand this Isaiah then you've got to get beyond thinking about King Uzziah's time. I've got to get you from the previous place you are and move you into the expectation of what I've got next for your life. Hallelujah. The second thing was this. He challenged him on his God concept. Number two, he challenged him on his God concept. The challenge of our God concept he said not only did I see the Lord but I saw him high and lifted up. I saw the Lord, and I saw Him high and lifted up. And the train of His robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two He covered His face. With two He covered His feet. With two He flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of Israel. The whole earth is full of His glory. Worship is vertical, and worship is horizontal. They weren't shouting to God, you are holy, holy, holy. They were shouting to each other. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Come on, somebody help me. That's how they were worshiping. They were putting each other out and saying it to each other. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord.
2: Again, that number is 772-342-0047.
3: Golden Rule Academy is now enrolling
0: for the 2014 school year. If you live in St. Lucie County and have a desire for your child's education to include Christian values and principles, then we want to meet you. Golden Rule Academy offers small class sizes, caring Christian educators, and both accelerated and paced BSE programs. Free K-12 grade scholarships are available and going fast. Call today, 464-1597. Again, that's 464-1597. Golden Rule Academy, training up children in the way they should go for over eight years.
1: The Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Access Able Designs and owner Alan Garrett for their underwriting support of this week's program.
0: Hello, my name is Alan Garrett and I'm the owner of Access Able Designs. A diving accident 31 years ago changed my life physically in a way that left me quadriplegic. However, 15 years ago I dove into Jesus Christ which changed my life spiritually forever. The combination of the two have given me the unique opportunity to help others. At Access Able Designs we offer a creative line of bathroom accessibility products such as folding shower and bathtub benches, as well as our exclusive patented toilet transfer bench. Our products are commercial grade stainless steel construction and built to last. They're also available in custom sizes. Our line of ADA compliant swimming pool lifts are a big seller with hotels, commercial properties, and homeowners. Our products can be seen at accessabledesigns.com as well as my personal life story. I look forward to hearing from you. For more information you can contact us at 877 853-7816 that number again is 877-853-7816 ignite your world ministries truth church and all its affiliate ministries thanks destiny network and bishop tony miller destiny network international exists to serve pastors local churches and ministry leaders that make up destiny network international
3: ze por no